Hello 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 welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast this is Adit Kapadia and together with me I have uh, our sub editor based in Delhi uh, Harita Pusarla and uh, senior mind makers columnist as well welcome to Mind Podcast again Harita how are you doing I'm good Adit it's good to be back again with another edition of podcast um first of all people uh, there have been lot of speculations whether we've shut down mind podcast absolutely not till i'm around mind podcast is going nowhere so you can be rest assured um but i have to apologize so we i was traveling across the length and breadth of india uh, harita knows how many flights i had to take because that many times i was inaccessible you know when we would have any editorial <laughs> calls or anything but um, but but i have a lot of information from the ground i was there in india a day before i had to leave india day before the namaste trump event but i saw everything that was taking place and then keenly followed the namaste trump event um had also a chance to visit delhi so some interesting tidbits that i found uh, you know there so that was the reason why we were on the go we couldn't do mind podcast but uh, we're back and uh, this is every week you can be rest assured your favorite show will be there i'll be talking to various panelists you'll hear from harita as well on different issues and stuff so stay tuned folks but uh, but we're back and what a power packed month of february it's been um you had president donald trump visiting india uh, you had the delhi elections where the aam aadmi party came back to power with a, a huge mandate 62 out of 70 huge majority yeah huge majority 62 out of 70 seats and more than 50% vote share uh, bjp came in second with eight seats uh, and about it, it increased its vote share by about 8% compared to last time when the congress has completely capitulated with seemingly all its votes going to uh, you know aam aadmi party maybe few aam aadmi party yeah maybe a few yeah. going to bjp as well but um, we don't know yet that yet um so that's one thing uh, the other thing of course were the unfortunate and very tragic riots that happened in delhi so we'll be discussing a little bit of that um of course it's a you know that's a developing story as well as we hear more about what is the tahir hussain angle and so forth uh in the days to come uh with the court and the police and what um, what not so we'll we'll shed our light on that but we are not going to give up on the story ram harita is in delhi uh, on the ground so she'll give us her perspective in the days to come as well uh then there was also the ideas india conclave the very successful uh, think tank event that goes on every year um harita attended that event so she'll have something to add on that um in global news the american primaries are going on um people are dropping out like flies finally from the democratic uh, primary thing and by um, by the time you hear this podcast uh, will be a day away from super tuesday where uh, most you kind of be clear who the nominee is going to be and apart from that there are a lot of global news so as you can see a lot has happened we obviously cannot cover everything in detail but we we'll try to cover as much as possible and then we we'll, you know cover more. so let's start with trump in america harita uh, sorry trump in india um, and i'll come to the namaste trump event later but i want to start with a piece you wrote uh, about the strategic impact of uh, uh, trump in india so why don't you spend about 10 20 seconds uh, telling our listener why strategically this i mean any us president visit to india is looked at in a you know wide perspective but why was strategically this visit so important uh this visit is extremely important coming in the background of uh, like uh, 
American uh, with the announcement of American troops withdrawal from Afghanistan mm-hmm. that's one aspect another thing is like uh, Trump has been acquitted uh, of the impeachment trials mm-hmm. that's the another thing and then he is gearing up for the election and he is already into the election mode mm-hmm. most of the people have uh, uh, looked at it as a kind as an extension of an election campaigning in India so namaste trump has been initially labeled as uh, nothing but an election event itself but then there is more to namaste trump or trump's visit to india than just mere like uh, election campaigning or wooing indian diaspora back at home hmm. so coming to the strategic importance of it the first and foremost thing which we have to recognize is that india and america has elevated the ties to comprehensive global strategic partnership hmm. so it means a lot comprehensive means it encompasses cooperation or intensification of cooperation in various sectors as we have as we have witnessed like uh, india us defense cooperation has been I mean, just to say it's it hasn't kicked off yet uh, till to the turn of the millennium like it has been just ze- virtually zero uh, exports or like india hasn't been Im- importing a- any uh, weaponry from us uh, till 2000 but from 2000 till 2020 there has been a leap forth in uh, defense uh, imports from or defense purchases from the us mm. currently like uh, as of 2018 19 it has been like uh, india has uh, um, purchased uh, defense uh, supplies worth 18 billion dollars from us and then there is uh, the most important achievement or the important announcement of a trump's event has been like uh, uh, sealing of uh, defense pact worth 3 billion dollars where india has purchased apache helicopters and romeo helicopters for indian navy hmm. that has been the high point of the trump's so uh, the visit trade deal, the trade deal it's um, it's been pushed back for a few months and where the us and india are yeah yeah just yeah i'll be i'll be just uh, uh, coming on to that then, then the next next aspect has been trade um uh, like uh, in um, eclipsing china us has now emerged as the largest trade partner of india so that has so many added uh, uh, has a special impetus to the strategic partnership as well because economics and like uh, diplomacy messi can never be separated and um, trade has always been the backbone for any robust strategic partnership mm-hmm. so currently like uh, india us bilateral uh, trade volume is uh, dollar 143 billion mm-hmm. and then it's expected to rise and it's to be recognized that since like 2000 there has been a double fold increase in the trade uh, Uh, trade between like india and us and then coming to the trade deal so the the trade deal is uh, it should be noted that it's a limited trade deal worth dollar 10 billion 
so still it is of importance because like uh, the uh, if viewers can remember you um, india has been revoked from this uh, gsp status that is generalized system of preferences where india was anti uh, india could uh, uh, export goods worth of uh, 5.6 billion dollars to us uh, without any tariff imposed on them so but uh, um and they are negotiating and now it's been decided like uh, even if like uh, they have failed even if these negotiations fail to uh, reach or uh, reach the trade deal what they have thought of is like they would uh, in indeed take a backroad channel of having a free trade agreement to sort out this uh, tariff barriers hmm. so that has been in offing and there no, is so, another talk that like yeah, so, 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 so pause right there and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to talk a little bit there and then we'll go back to it um, and we'll go back to the background talks and the reason i told the pause is because just to comprehend everyone so basically there were two major it was only here for one and a half days right and there were two major things that were look out to one, one was the defense deal and the other was the economic thing so the defense uh, 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 outreach happened so that was you know a good thing the economic thing uh, president trump even jokingly mentioned uh, in the ahmedabad rally that prime minister modi is a tough negotiator so one can say that exactly. was an indication that it's going to take a while to come but i want to also talk a little bit about the namaste trump event now that um i i mean obviously it was more than 100000 people uh it's it's a strange thing that in 6 months uh prime minister modi came to houston and president trump came to ahmedabad both cities that i can call home uh, i so i saw how yeah. this ahmedabad was being prepared i mean i i was there for about 2 weeks before the event and i mean you know just looking it was it was on a you know st- uh, stunning sort of makeover for to welcome president trump and everything and i mean essentially it was uh, every, we were trying to showcase our best with uh, you know the gandhi ashram and the sabarmati ashram and you know the other things i mean it, it, was, it was beautiful but taj mahal yeah no ta- so taj mahal was after i was just talking about the namaste trump event and i think more than anything uh, it was um, i can sum up the impact of the event with what trump said in a rally i i read a report where he said that after i saw such a crowd it's hard to get excited about any crowd any other crowd and you know that was a, yeah. that was a huge testament to the uh, the people that showed up the passion that was there the speech that was made was excellent he talked about shole dilwale dulhaniya le jayenge sachin tendulkar virat kohli uh, kohli um, prime minister modi sort of extended his speech from houston the message was on india us cooperation it was not at all partisan not at all political not at all electoral so that i must say and um, on a lighter note like i was saying when people talk about pronunciations i was like i am glad trump didn't have to go, go to colombo and uh, talk about the name varnakula surya patamendi ke ushanta joseph chamindavas or the full yeah, name yeah, of chamindavas yeah. 
So <laughs> that was there. I, I don't don't ask me how I know. I've just known it since I was a kid. I don't know how. <laughs> One of those bizarre things about me. Uh, and I I kid you not. I did not look it up right now. I just do know <laughs> the name. But uh, so Harita, uh, some closing points about it, and then we'll have to move on to the next topic because we are on a serious limited time. But tell me, uh, sure. dude, and then we'll talk a little bit about Delhi elections and then the Delhi riots. Yeah. Yeah, another high point has been like uh, um, both of the countries have uh, agreed to deepen the cooperation on the uh, FOP, like uh, free open Indo-Pacific uh, cooperation, and then like uh, the Quad, and then like uh, there has been an agreement on uh, space, and um, uh, three other um, MOUs were signed in uh, in the field of uh, health, uh, mental health, and then like uh, certification of. Uh, uh, drugs, uh, drugs in the sense like medicines, mm. and the third one is like uh, energy cooperation. So energy cooperation has been another highlight of this um, India-U.S. strategic partnership. Mm. These are the major takeaway points from this uh, Trump's visit. Uh, essentially, absolutely, and yep, I think yes. this also sets the uh, the Delhi and the Agra like two were successful. Actually, it's remarkable there was not one negative statement coming from her. It's very positive. Uh, they are still talking about it. The U.S. media too covered it. Um, you had Ivanka Trump retweet uh, a Diljit Dosanjh meme about her in the Taj Mahal. So you know it was good spirited. Um, and I think it sets a very interesting uh, thing for times to come. Um, it's an important year for US. Uh, uh, what will happen? We'll talk about US elections in the last segment. But uh, whether Trump's Trump wins or not, if it's a Trump versus Biden contest, India would be very happy because they have a friend with Donald Trump, and you know they uh, uh, <laughs> they might have they do so in Joe Biden as well. So it's very interesting um, to see uh, what will happen there. So that's one part of it. Now moving on to the <coughs> Delhi elections. Um, so the Delhi elections, we saw a very hectic campaign, uh, you know, a very, very long campaign and stuff. And ultimately, it seems like people have rewarded the incumbent government with a huge mandate. Now, but interestingly, a lot of surveys and people seem to say that if, if the national elections were to held, be held today, Modi might still win all seven seats because people in their heads are making that distinction that Kejriwal for Delhi uh, state and Modi for Delhi capital. So, uh, what do you make out of this, uh, Harita? Was it a vote for SOPs? Was it a vote like, a, or was it a pro incumbent vote, or what was going on? Uh, it's essentially like uh, uh, the decimation of ca Congress. I attribute to the decimation of Congress has been a big handout to us. Okay. So it's like uh, mixed mixed the events in the sense like uh, the freebies have also worked out and then finally like uh, some people have been saying that like uh, the mortar mouths of BJP has ruined it away and uh, taken off all those things. But uh, more than all that it has highlighted the features and the internal politics within the Delhi BJP uh, go. Cadres, uh, it's been known that like uh, the delay BJP has uh, has been complacent before like elections, and they haven't put their best foot forward till just fifteen days ahead of the electioning mm. elections. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, so the, 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 there there have been the, multiple the reasons to that, and then mm. the, yeah, oh, no. and uh, another thing. Yeah, 
uh, another thing they have even attributed is like um, there isn't any cop- um, the kind of an understanding or uh, working in tandem or a coordination between the state unit and also the national unit which have like uh, suddenly descended on to delhi just before the elections oh, so that so, always happens with the star campaigners will come and everything but i think the bit of both i also think not having a cm face when you have a very exactly. strong uh, cm candidate um, in kejriwal also sometimes is a negative thing because people sometimes don't know what they are voting for now of course we have seen in madhya pradesh and in rajasthan that that isn't always the case but those were the factors were different over there but i think overall there were a lot of messages for the state bjp state bjp to learn and i frankly hope delhi uh, delhi bjp nominates a leader right now who's going to lead them in the next election so that he or she can actually start working now and start building up ground support for them totally agree it's a big message to the uh, to the bjp gone to the bjp at least to say that like it's time that they should groom, uh, groom the second rung of leaders and, and i know guys you might have heard tired of saying this but quite frankly delhi was a place where it was seen that bjp could not lose in 1967 or something i think janasang won 6 out of 7 seats in delhi i mean when indira became the president so delhi has been a sort of a bjp leaning place for a long time now of course the demographics have changed and stuff but they have still done remarkably well in the lok sabha decently well in the vidhan sabha in 2013 as well but why the decimation in 2015 and 2020 happened it needs to be seen and quite frankly i don't think maybe they need new leadership at the top in delhi bjp like a new face um maybe a younger face i i we don't know yet that right so i think uh, but who there needs to be sort of an internal primary almost they need to come up with a face and detect otherwise uh, uh, kejriwal and aap are going to be unstoppable in the state Yeah, that's first, true, and they will be gearing up for uh, like uh, this municipal elections are up. Ha, that's what I was saying. And coming in twenty twenty two, they have to gear up, and then like I have to find so out like where they have gone. So twenty twenty two is a very significant year for the BJP because not only uh, two of its biggest states that it controls. I mean, I know Karnataka is the third, but two of its biggest <laughs> states, UP and Gujarat, both go to polls in twenty twenty two. BMC elections happen in twenty twenty two, and we have to see if what happens in Maharashtra if the new Uh, UPS survives or not, and uh, exactly. And then yeah, we need to see. Ha, <laughs> ah, sorry, finish up. Yeah, what were you saying, Harita? No, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, there's still so many doubts whether this uh, Kichdi government in Maharashtra will survive till to 2022. I can tell you this. I was in Mumbai, uh, and you can't. You can barely see Congress and NCP in Mumbai. Mumbai has become a straight contest between BJP and Shiv Sena. Yes, Congress and NCP exist in certain pockets, and Samajwadi uh, Party exists in Mankhad Shivaji Nagar, where Abu Hasim Azmi is the only guy who keeps getting re-elected. Um, but frankly, <laughs> if you go, if you travel in Mumbai, uh, there are a few, few pockets, but essentially it's become a BJP versus Sena sort of thing. And so that's what we are going to see in BMC, which the results quite. Frankly, last time's results showed, but the way um, Devendra Fadnavis is aggressively positioning himself, I think BJP might even do better than last time. Wow, that's great. So mm-hmm. let's see, let's see what happens um, in Mumbai. Um, so uh, this is this is where we are taking a sort of two-second break. In part two, we'll talk about the very unfortunate violence that occurred in Delhi. 
and the other news that have dominated the week. So stay tuned. So a very tragic uh, thing happened in Delhi over the last week. Um, the riots broke out in different areas of Delhi, primarily East Delhi, if I'm not mistaken, and Northeast. Uh, northeast. I mean, ha, Northeast Delhi. Um, you had, uh, you know, victims from Hindus and Muslims. Uh, some very ghastly stories. One of which was of um, uh, Ratan Lal, who was who was on duty, and he was, you know, he was a victim of a bullet. Uh, and there was Ankit Sharma who was stabbed around 400 times. He was an ID officer and his, in, I mean, I, I, I hate to say it and my description is going to be a little bit gory guys about this. So for two, five seconds, I please pardon me, but you have to, I mean, his intestines were, you know, ruptured and stuff. His body was dumped in a drain. There were many, many such cases. I mean, you know across so there were riots that took place between hindus and muslims um the unfortunate part was i mean of course the riots was there the delhi police um there i mean there needs to be a discussion like on whether the response time was adequate and stuff like that all that will happen can happen what cannot be replaced is the loss of life for all this like you know across the citizens of delhi where you know people who lost our thoughts and prayers are with people who lost their loved ones um it you know cannot be an easy time for them but the way the left media is covering the riots i mean sections is so crazy i mean they don't even want to talk about the hindus that died in the riots i mean i what is going on we we and this was not a pogrom i'm sorry this was not a pogrom this was not a genocide if you guys are making it out to be this was a riot uh, and this is a well-planned riot. Ha, no, all that many... is secondary. Like, the first thing is they are starting this talk about this theory called genocide and stuff like that. And it wasn't. No. Now, one can debate about whether, you know, the response time and, you know, the administration's role. Everything is up for debate, discussion, everything. But there are certain facts which cannot and should not be ignored. So, what were you saying, Harita? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. Like, uh, this, I mean, we don't know where it has actually gone wrong as of now until, unless the investigations throw clear light on the stuff. But aside all these things, the gruesome pictures of all the debilitated bodies which are being now recovered from the drains. And then still now it's... uh, it's like alarming that there is no report of a number of people who are missing. There is no head count of actually who, how many people have suffered injuries or like uh, the numbers are rising by day. Like as of now, they stand 40. The number of uh, killed is reported to be 43, hmm. which is like, uh, I mean, uh, it's quite difficult for people in Delhi to come back to their feet and uh, think it as business as usual. Mm-hmm. So something has been like um, something. The harmony or the social harmony has been completely like uh, disrupted in the place, and some healing has to be done. But above all this, it's alarming to find a biased reporting by the Western media. Some of the Western media, and then like uh, uh, brushing aside, brushing 
of facts under the carpet all these things like uh, everything has like even compounded the mess which is usually associated with rights because mm. there is no objective analysis of the facts mm. so when objectivity is missed the truth is like obliterated the issues become even more difficult to mm. solve so that is the present situation in delhi and then the two community I mean it is difficult how like the healing would happen and how the two communities are going to um, I mean come back to normal that is the one biggest question mark here and then there are so many reports which are coming like this has been pre planned event and government should have taken measures much ahead of this and they should have anticipated this thing and most of them have been saying like uh, this has been uh, the writing on the wall and government has failed to see it so um so that remains to be seen I, i i don't know if they failed to see it or the 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 extent of it no one thought what would you know what would happen so it's interesting but it happened during the trump visit unfortunately what is happening is you are seeing these folks like rana you on cnn and bbc spouting absolute nonsense not talking facts at all so much so that the bbc anchor had to say okay, you know calm down i mean you know what are you talking or not did say calm down but, you know essentially clarified and everything so that that is the that is where we are and um the the crux of the matter is that people have lost lives their jobs i mean you know their places of work uh there are some very sad stories there needs to be investigation those people who have unfortunately lost they need to be compensated for what the work and stuff they've lost you cannot obviously compensate or talk to people who've lost their loved ones but at least you know they need to be told that you know what's going on uh you know you need to reach out to them give them a healing touch like what you said but i i you know there are cases where i really don't know what to say like ankit sharma's the agar wo aapke raunte nahi khade kar deta to mujhe pata hi nahi kya karega i mean it's just so gruesome so tragic it's like inhuman you can't imagine the kind of a brutality yeah. like how a person can even do that it's like savagery and, you and, can and then when i see folks like you know the wire and stuff like that not like not even talking about the hindu victims and they don't even mention the molot of cocktails that came up the bullets that were fired the vandalizing of schools i mean there have there have been reporters on the ground that have talked about this so these are now the reports of an uh, acid factory being run in the uh, tahir husain's house oh, like oh, uh, nobody know. is going I to don't, don't take his name and then yeah uh, th- that's true like uh, there are so many reports of this officer of that sort are like really uh, coming up it needs to be investigated given the fact Husain that like up uh, 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 member and uh, i think councillor right if i'm not mistaken um, yes he is a municipal councillor uh, uh, yeah he was in up and was suspended and everything there's some very serious allegations against him we hope they are investigated as well and you know he's not able to if if at all uh, 
you know they 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 are true the allegations it's very shocking right so it's it's um do read a read up on it but ultimately our thoughts and prayers go out with the families of those that have lost their loved ones um the ultimate thing is there was it seemed an intention you know to cause sort of oh look at us during the trump visit i i i don't know if that was the case or not but regardless um i think the proper narrative of this needs to go out there is a lot of misinformation that's being spread especially in the western media so hopefully you know that too is being countered because we, you know we can't just have the things that they are that are that are said about it especially the role of uh, vested interest must be investigated thoroughly so that these kind of uh, rights do not repeat or occur anymore in anymore, india anywhere in india so uh, yeah, we'll stay second. on top of the story so you guys uh, i know this is only we've only covered a small part of it but we'll cover more and more of it as the days go by harita is going to tell us more about what she hears but that's the crux of what we've heard so far um uh but you know again thoughts and prayers with ankit sharma's family rahul's family and many many more families like that um it seems like strange when i say moving on to the next topic but you know the show must go on we have to talk about other issues that have dominated as well but i promise you we'll stay on this story and we'll try to get to as much as we can on it um so going forward you attended the ideas india conclave uh, uh, uh which happened yeah. last weekend in again in my home state of gujarat what a time what a week i chose to skip out on i mean uh, or move, or what a week i chose not to be in gujarat i mean this one week i should have it was in the statue of unity in kevadia colony near the sardar sarovar dam so before you go um, explaining garita i must ask you did you go to the statue of unity yeah it was absolutely amazing it was it's wow. ab- amazing and then the um, guys nobody should ever miss that light and si- uh, sound show it's like you'll be awed by it that's what everyone tells this, me the sound and light show is probably one of the best in india right now probably rivaling with many good best. ones in the world exactly exactly there is no denial about that stunning stunning so uh, why don't you explain and talk a little bit about what you saw in the ideas india conclave and then we'll talk about malaysia and us before the end yeah exactly uh, the ideas in uh, india conclave this is the uh, sixth edition of uh, idea india's conclave and it's uh, like uh, this is held uh, commemorating the 10th year of their foundation okay the main um, uh, the main aspects which uh, Uh, were dwelled in the uh, IIC 2020 has been like uh, uh, the first the first and foremost has been about the disinformation campaign against the uh, CAA then abrogation of uh, article 370 and way forward for the new UTs which were created and then about the right discourse and also about the rise of the indian conservatism or the global conservatism in general there has been a, sec- um, a session was dedicated uh, for uh, uh, discussing the rise of uh, conservatism and the global experience in general and uh, last but not the least like uh, there has been 
a uh, session which was there was a uh, session which was dedicated for uh, uh, rethinking on uh, governance and public institutions and this has been quite interesting session because like uh, this was like uh, uh, um uh, the three pioneers as you can say of uh, like um, governance mm. like uh, jayprakash narayan bhaijain jay panda and sanjeev sanyal were the speakers in this session mm. and they have uh, spoken in length about like uh, governance and various aspects like um, electoral reforms the kind of uh, economic reforms which we can uh, bring in and about labor laws msme and the jobs issue agriculture food processing ease of doing business and so many other aspects this has been one of the highlights of iic but by and large uh, the take home message has been about like uh, what's the role of media and the and its uh, uh, role of media in narrative setting what is it it's doing like uh, whether it's being objective or like uh, whether they are uh, presenting facts in the name of truth in uh, through various angles and then how is that like um, media from being a, a uh, from being uh, playing the role of disseminating information is now entering into like a narrative setting and then like uh, instead of uh, like uh, just leaving you with the pieces of information they are putting all the facts together and trying to put forth a narrative or kind of an like uh, evolving as um, editorial pieces which by and large should be a matter of discussion because like it is the fourth pillar of a democracy and we should be on guard or like uh, just like we have some kind of uh, uh, censorship in social media has time has arrived that there should be some kind of a censorship on like mainstream media as well mm. these were some of the discussions which were like uh, part of these sessions mm. fantastic uh, so, fantastic so um, uh, uh, some very very interesting thing uh, please do attend areas india conclave next year if you can't come this year uh, terrific initiative and we wish them all the best in the future and we hope to interact with even more people there um, you know amongst there and the last session certainly sounds like a treat so uh, moving on to the last few news of the week one of them very interesting was malaysia's mahathir mohammed who was imran khan's new friend is known <laughs> is maybe still is imran's friend but certainly is not the prime minister of malaysia so he was a very young 94 year old i think uh, or even older yeah. than that um yeah. uh, so and he is now going to be i hope replaced by a younger prime minister yeah yeah uh just like um, men, uh um 94 year mahathir mamad has been the oldest uh, prime minister serving the office and now uh, it's been like uh, uh what we should say has been like uh, he is reluctant to give up the power but uh, following us uh, some internal feuds within the party and all that like after a seven day confusion and political chaos finally uh, the king of uh, malaysia has appointed mohiyuddin yasin mm. as the new prime minister uh, yesterday ending the political chaos in malaysia mm. and uh, just a small brief for about it uh, 
um, about Malaysia. UNMO has been the party who, which has been in power for the last six decades. Yes. Uh, interestingly, in uh, 2018 elections, uh, yeah, Mahathir Mahmud, who has been like, um, who like, um, uh, was uh, uh, really upset about uh, uh, the corruption scandal one and um, uh, which was like um, linked with uh, uh, prime um, uh, Nazib. Hmm. He wanted to topple him in the elections, and then like uh, he uh, and the, uh, another issue which has been on the agenda was like uh, growing uh, Chinese influence in Malaysia. Hmm. These two has been the main agenda. One is the corruption um, corruption case uh, related to Najib and mm. another has been the growing Chinese influence in Malaysia. Mm. Based on these two, uh, two issues, like uh, he toppled uh, Najib in elections and has, uh, is, has come to the power. But uh, just within, uh, he has formed an alliance with uh, Muhammad Anwar who has been his uh, friend for quite long. But like, um, uh, there, uh, as it is known that there are no permanent friends and foes in politics, he like uh, rightfully has injected uh, Muhammad Anwar in sodomization case, and then he was jailed for uh, for a certain time. But like, um, uh, despite these animosities, they have come together, and then uh, under the new party as BNP, which has uh, come to power. But then again, the um, with uh, Mahathir Mohamed uh, refusing to step down as prime minister, internal feuds have erased, and then this led to the political chaos. And but it's now to be seen. Even now, Mahathir Mohamed is reluctant to give up power. So it remains to see how this new alliance of UNMO, UNMO is going to survive. Interesting. And uh, fascinating update on the other side in US, the update is that um, Joe Biden finally won a state, South Carolina. Uh, overall, he's got more votes uh, in among the four states, but he's only won one. Bernie Sanders is in the lead. Um, on Tuesday, uh, by the time of recording this uh, podcast, Pete Buttigieg, uh, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, has uh, suspended his campaign, I believe, to be the president, um, which is becoming tougher and tougher for Tulsi Gabbard as well to continue. I'm actually surprised she's still in it. Um, but I think... Um, what uh, I mean, I I I mean, uh, I I hope I I would have hoped that she would have done better, but you know clearly it seems like uh, it will be between Biden and um, Bernie. Maybe Warren has a chance. Who knows? But um, that's that's what it uh, that's what it seems like, and um, it's interesting times basically. So uh, Super Tuesday basically is the state where most of the um, uh, uh, states spend the uh, uh, vote like a lot of states actually amongst them the big ones New York California Texas you know uh, you'll know who the Democratic nominee is and sort of that will make things clearer going forward into the convention but we'll we'll, we'll update you we'll be covering everything about it uh, so be rest assured um, it's, it's a fascinating political year for America this year Trump versus you uh, who will be his story so Fire. But as we come to the end of the podcast, um, we, as is tradition, I have to ask Harita, what is our recommendation this week? Uh, my recommendation is like um, 
this um, uh, Sanjeev Sanyal's books on uh, Indian civilization. He has come. He's he has come up with new books on uh, uh, India, which are like a real treat for youngsters, especially who are like de-resonated from Indian civilization. Mm-hmm. I recommend his books. Excellent, excellent choice. My uh, my recommendation right now is uh, uh, so not recommendation. No, first recommendation is the series on uh, uh, Amazon. I don't know if I recommend called Azadi ke liye. It's about these stories of the Indian National Army, which is very interesting. Um, my second um, um, uh, recommendation. Uh, it's not a quite a recommendation, but I started reading this book. Uh, it's an autobiography of uh, Rakesh Maria. The, uh, the 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 dg the police commissioner of mumbai uh, and um, you know he's he stayed he succeeded satyapal singh but he was there during the 1993 bomb blast and 2008 attacks uh, in mumbai and his it's called let me say it now i started reading it i'll give an update on what i thought about it and maybe then i'll tell whether i completely recommend it or what i disagree with it but i guess regardless if you agree or disagree please read everything that's written you know because only then you know what you disagree with and so forth um but with that i would like to end this episode of my podcast thank you so much harita for joining in thank you as always always, and we'll be back next week and i promise this time it will be next week with more um thank you guys uh take care